KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The public health system in the U.S. has been center stage the last couple of years as the COVID-19 pandemic has raged on. We wanted to look at how public health messaging has been during the pandemic. How has it held up? What mistakes have been made? How has Omicron and the sheer length of the pandemic complicated things? For this conversation, we caught up with Dr. Sarah Bass. She is an associate professor and director of the Risk Communication Laboratory at Temple University's College of Public Health. Interesting stuff. Give a listen. So to start to kind of take the the giant view here, overall, how would you grade the public health messaging we have seen during the COVID-19 pandemic? Is there something below an F? Because that's probably what it would be. Um, I think that the, the messaging has been up and down and sideways and every way you can imagine um, from the beginning all the way to now. Are there things we have gotten right and they've been overshadowed? Are there any positives you can pull that we've been able to get across? I mean, I think if you look more local, you know, not just Philadelphia, but maybe, you know, local health departments, those kinds of things, I think they've probably done a better job of understanding their audiences, you know, who who they're trying to communicate to and have been more creative and how to get some of that information out, either through sometimes humor, sometimes, you know, being as serious and, and fear producing if they can be. Um, but I think the overall messaging from the, the federal level has been quite erratic, quite kind of all over the place, sometimes not not even present. Um, and that's problematic, especially at the beginning. So I think in some ways we have to look at messaging um, through the time of, of COVID. So, you know, what happened at the beginning, what's happened kind of in the middle and now what's happening now. And I think, you know, what happened at the beginning is really what caused this cascade of bad messaging from then. Um, And, you know, part of that is because it was so politicized. Um, It started on the wrong foot and it never got on the right foot. Yeah, that was kind of my next question. Kind of the original sin of all this is it was almost immediately looked at through the lens of politicization, where there was a certain segment of the population that was never going to believe or going to believe any information was in bad faith. No. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, if you look at uh, risk communication principles, when you have something like a public health emergency, the first thing that should happen is that you have kind of a one voice or, you know, one uh, set of messages that's coming out from a trusted messenger. Um, And usually, historically, what has happened is that public health has kind of been separated from politics. Um, CDC has been separated from politics in many ways in in kind of creating their um, own messaging and information around public health related stuff. Um, And that completely changed um, at the beginning of COVID because you had federal politicians who in the past would kind of step back and let CDC take the 
the lead instead came forward and were contradicting everything that CDC was saying. And then that becomes problematic from a risk communication perspective, because when something happens like a public health event like COVID, we think about risk differently, right? So we think about what is what is our risk perception of this new thing that might that we might get and that might kill us. Um, and we make decisions about not only our behavior, but everything based on some of that risk perception. Um, and if we aren't either trusting of the information that's coming out, we start to kind of veer off the path. <laughs> um, and that's when we start to kind of have these, you know, the, the public starts to uh, have some panic um, and they start to look for information elsewhere because they are not confident in the information that they're getting. And when that happens, you know, all hell breaks loose. I mean, it's like the wild, wild west in that, you know, people are getting their information from these sources that aren't credible, but are better at communicating than the, the, the federal folks were. And what I mean by that is it, it becomes much more personal in the way that information is being presented. Um, and people latch onto that. It's much easier to understand. It's easier to um, digest. You know, you start to accept it easier than it is to say, you know, hear a doctor, use a lot of doctor words, um, and a lot of unsure you know, we weren't sure about everything at the beginning, which is common in public health. But instead of having a unified federal group who were saying, listen, you know, we're, we're learning more every day. This is what we know today. You know, we understand that we don't know everything. Um, instead, it was, well, this is just going to go away. It's not a big deal. Um, and so then that becomes the point at which the public starts to throw up their hands and say, nope, I'm not, I'm not listening anymore because you guys don't know what you're talking about. I think for me, the Omicron era has been the most alarming from the public health messaging because we were talking beforehand and I told you about some tweets I've seen and, and they come across as joking, but it's kind of the truth where, you know, wear a mask. But don't wear that mask. Those aren't really helping. You have to have this type of mask, which is price just quadrupled on Amazon. Make sure you get tests. But oh, by the way, there's no tests in your area. So go ahead and make an appointment at a place that doesn't take walk-ins like, you know, it, it sounds kind of funny. But I mean, really, we've all experienced parts of that on one form or another. And to your point of throwing up your hands, I think a lot of people that have tried to do the right thing are kind of like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that, you know, people throw up their hands at different times, right? So I think a lot of people threw up their hands last year uh, before the vaccines came. Then vaccines came and then everybody was like, okay, we're on the right track. We're going where we're supposed to. Despite a lot of public health people saying, listen, you know, if not enough of us get vaccinated, we're going to have these um, variants that are going to come along and we're going to have problems. And that's what happened, unfortunately, because, you know, the vaccine messaging has gotten highly politicized too. And so we're not 
at a point in vaccination that we should be. And we also had problems with the messaging because it was kind of like, oh, vaccines, that means none of us are ever going to get it. Everything can be normal again. Instead of saying this is a vaccine, just like any other vaccine, you could actually get infected, but you're just not going to get as sick. And so then we kind of changed that messaging. And then we have Omicron come and then it's, well, you know, you should wear these certain kinds of masks. If you look back at the, the mask messaging from the very beginning, they said you should wear those kinds of masks. But now it, it's kind of perceived as being something different, even though it's really not. And it, it, it's just like this, you know, up and down and you get to the point where it just becomes really not only confusing, but like you said, I mean, there's many of us who are just like, I, I don't know what's happening. You know, people come to me and they say, well, you're, you're supposed to know all this stuff. So what should we do? You know? Um, and I have to say, well, <laughs> you know, based on what I know, this is the best thing. Um, but sometimes it can it can be so confusing for people that they become so distrustful that it's understanding that oh, there are a lot of people out there who just have said, you know, gotten to the point where I don't trust anything and everything they say is a lie. Is there a way to fix this? You know, because, I mean, we're probably going to have to deal with something down the road. I mean, not that I'm by no means am I saying we're out of the woods with COVID. But given everything you read and hear, you know, it's probably not going to be 100 years until we have to deal with something else like this. Mm-hmm. Are, we, are we in a really bad place that it's going to be really hard to, to recover from for the next time? Well, uh, you know, listen, I think that, um, you know, everything goes in cycles. And if we look at his history. Um, There was a lot of this that happened during smallpox and during the uh, Spanish flu epidemic where you had people who were, you know, saying, I'm not going to wear a mask and, you know, come demonstrating against school boards and things like that. Um, So it's not unprecedented. I think what is unprecedented in this way is just the number of communication outlets that people can get information from. Um, And because of that, it does make it very hard to establish a unified voice around any kind of messaging, um, but certainly in public health too. You know, what I would hope is that, you know, God help us. I hope we get to the other side of this pretty soon. But that, you know, CDC and um, NIH are able to kind of do some debriefing at this point and say, you know, what are all the things that went wrong? What are some of the few things that went right? And what, what can we do next? You know, they certainly did that after the anthrax attacks, for example, um, where there was not a lot of coordination of messaging around anthrax. You had people at the federal level who were kind of going off and saying things that weren't right. Um, and, and CDC really took a step back and said, you know, how do we develop a better response um, to emerging public health issues and, you know, this kind of almost science of risk communication and kind of crisis communication came out. I think the problem for CDC is that they've been underfunded for decades. Um, and so they, they haven't had the kind of resources to really do what was needed in a large public health problem like we have, we've had here. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of what 
we in public health have been talking about as far as resources go for decades, really since the beginning of the HIV epidemic, um, has really come to fruition in COVID, which is that, you know, without these public health resources, including communication, but also all the other things, contact tracing and, you know, infrastructure to do things like testing and uh, vaccinations, that when you don't have that, it becomes very apparent that you don't have that when you have something like COVID happen. Um, so I would hope, you know, from a federal level, we'd come together and see this as a problem that we need to address. Whether that's going to happen, I don't know. Um, certainly hasn't in kind of some of the other public health issues. I think the problem with public health is that if it's working, we don't realize it. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and um, and so we think everything's fine until something like this happens. And we, then we see that it, it isn't working because we haven't provided the resources that we need for it. And to be fair, for all the flaws we've pointed out and the problems and the frustrations, even if the messaging was spot on on point, how effective do you think it would be entering the third calendar year of something like this? Yeah, I mean, it's just really hard if you think about it from, you know, kind of a psychological perspective with risk perception is that, you know, something new happens, we come, we become really aware of this new threat. And our risk is really heightened because of that. And but we can only stay in that space for a certain amount of time, we, we, you know, we always want to get back to kind of homeostasis of kind of what we think is normal. Um, And so it's hard to maintain people's feeling of doom and gloom and risk for too long. You know, you get to the point where, and I think that's what you're seeing now with Omicron. It's just like, you know, I just don't care. Like, if I get it, I get it. I want to go to that graduation ceremony, or I want to go see my family, or I want to go see that, you know, that musical group or whatever, or go see the Sixers or, you know, whatever. Because we just can't maintain that level of stress, just psychologically. And so I think that no matter what we had said uh, about Omicron, I think you would see basically what we're seeing now is that, you know, I mean, I live in Delaware County and, you know, I go to Wawa and I'm the only person in a mask. Um, People are just tired of it. Um, And it gets to the point where I don't think how, you know, no matter what we would be saying, most people at this point in the game would say, I don't care. Something you mentioned earlier, I wanted to circle back to you talk about the messaging with the vaccines. If it had been really pushed from the jump that these vaccines will save your life, they will keep you out of the hospital you may still get infected because I think one of the things we're seeing from a lot of bad faith actors is they're pointing to look at all these people that have it. I thought the vaccines were supposed to be great. And if you know they're in bad faith, you can disregard. But I think that's something that could have really maybe worked if that had really been hammered, that the goal of these is to make it no more than maybe a bad weekend in bed. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you know, if you look back at the messaging, it does say those things. But I think what came across was, and then what people hear is, 
what they hear, right? Um, so it doesn't matter how many times we said, well, we said that you could get, still get infected. Um, if they believe that the messaging was, if you get this vaccine, you'll never get COVID, you don't have to worry about it again. Um, and, and I would say that maybe some of the more local messaging um, from health departments had been more like that. You know, it was it's kind of like, you know, protect yourself, protect your families. You know, you can go back to school, you can go back to work, you can do all these things um, because they want to make it an easy leap for people. And they want to give them that positive thing of uh, you know, the reason that you want to get vaccinated. There's always this conflict between making messaging too simple or making messaging kind of encompass all of the, the nuances. Um, and I think that is very hard in, in any kind of health kind of messaging because we don't want to make it uh, seem like it's a black and white issue when it's not, but you also don't want to provide so much information for people that they become overwhelmed with trying to make a decision. And I think what happens with bad actors is that they're always going to, you know, glom onto this, this nuanced piece of it with the, well, you said this, and this is the reality. And because of that, then, you know, you get this false equivalency that everything is bad um, or untrue. And that's problematic. And, and you know, the, the vaccines have been highly politicized as well, where, you know, we have this belief in some groups that, you know, you're being tracked with, with computer chips or, you know, whatever the, the issue is, um, or that you just haven't done enough, quote unquote, research on the internet, and that somehow, you know, all of the truth is being kept from people about this. And again, I think that goes back to this, this problem of having so many communication channels out there where people can, you know, find what they need to feed how they feel at the moment. So to wrap up, we talked about a lot of people throwing up their hands, people that are thirsting for the right thing to do, who to listen to the rules to follow. What is your advice I mean, obviously, with so many moving parts, it's difficult, but people just kind of want to know how to be the most responsible and who to listen to and what to do. What's your advice to them? Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting thing is that the the advice that came out at the beginning is really still the advice, <laughs> which is wear masks, stay socially distant, get vaccinated, monitor your health. If you're not feeling well, stay home. You know, those are pretty easy things to follow if we can, you know, put all the rest of it away. Um, but to use really common sense, you know, from kind of a day-to-day -day basis of what you need to do and who you need to see and is this the right thing to do to protect yourself and the people around you. So in some ways, I think the advice really is the same and maybe stop listening to all the little tiny details, um, because detail, those, those little things on a day-to-day -day basis can change as we are getting more understanding of, you know, what this variant does or that variant does. In the, in the end, 
it's being transmitted the same way, whether it's more trans transmissible or not, it's still being transmitted in the same way. Um, and so we just have to do those things. We have to continue to do those things. And sometimes that requires us it becoming more rote in our our daily lives. You know, that mask wearing is something that, you know, I think we all got pretty used to it for a long time. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we can take our masks off, but now we're trying to get people to put them back on. Um, that can be tough. But the bottom line really is, you know, that messaging at the beginning of how to protect ourselves, you know, last summer is the same. And we just have to remember that, you know, this is a, a longer haul than we all want it to be. But if we don't do these things, it's going to be an even longer haul. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.